Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And this is Bob Siegel. So, you'd like to believe in God, but you have serious problems with the Old Testament, especially Old Testament war. I do understand, my friends, even the New Testament has all kinds of stuff that's very difficult for people in the 21st century to believe. But the Old Testament takes us farther back even from the New Testament. And things were quite different in the days of the Old Testament than they were in the New Testament. Here's a question that I get often. Why did God command the Israelites to completely conquer and destroy the other nations who inhabited the land of Canaan, stealing their land and murdering even women and all children to the point of mass genocide? How can we serve a God like that or call him loving? Well, of all the moral challenges to the Bible, this is certainly the hardest to answer, or more correctly put, the hardest to make people understand. The first part of the question is easier, the question of a God who would command war. God states some pretty good reasons for this in the scriptures, and it is possible for people to track with them. The second part, on a first glance, seems impossible to explain and outrageous in its scope. The very idea of a God who would tell anyone to exterminate an entire race, including women and little babies, reminds us of the kinds of things the Nazis did. Let me put your mind at ease immediately. There is a problem in the translation of one culture and one language to another. I do not believe and can make an extremely good case that God gave no such command about extermination. No such command about genocide. A command for war? Yes, not genocide. But let's go back to the easier question first. It's always good to start where it's easier. It is true that after delivering the Hebrews from Egyptian bondage and bringing them to a new home across the desert, God did command the Israelites to wage war against the nations that inhabited the land of Canaan, to which Moses and later Joshua led them. I'm reading from Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 16 through 18. However, in the cities of the nation the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, do not leave anything alive that breathes. Completely destroy them. The Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Otherwise, they will teach you to follow all the detestable things they do in worshiping their gods, and you will sin against the Lord your God. Okay, Put the completely destroy anything that breathes part on hold. Let's just look at the command itself to wage war. The reason is stated quite clearly. Otherwise, they will teach you to follow all the detestable things they do in worshiping their gods, and you will sin against the Lord your God. The problem was worship. Now, some of you are thinking, okay, Bob, so he told them to go in there and throw these people out and wage war because they practiced another religion. My friends, religion is a neutral word. What kind of religion was it? It was common in those days to worship gods by placing babies on the altar, killing them and burning them as an offering, ironically. The very wars cited by people to accuse the biblical God of a disregard for life were waged against the evil religions and their abominable human destructions that concerned the true loving God. 
we see this same problem stated in Leviticus, where God commands his people to have nothing to do with evil worship. Leviticus chapter 18, do not give any of your children to be sacrificed to Moloch, for you must not profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Leviticus 20, the Lord said to Moses, say to the Israelites, any Israelite or any alien living in Israel who gives any of his children to Moloch must be put to death. The people of the community are to stone him. I will set my face against that man, and I will cut him off from his people, for by giving his children to Moloch, he has defiled my sanctuary and profaned my holy name. If the people of the community close their eyes when that man gives one of his children to Moloch, and they fail to put him to death, I will set my face against that man and his family, and will cut off from their people, both him and all who follow him, in prostituting themselves to Moloch. All right, I know what some of you are thinking. Didn't God himself, the biblical God, the so-called real God, didn't he make similar demands? What about Abraham sacrificing Isaac at God's command? My friends, Abraham was prepared to carry out that order, for again, that was a common method of worshiping many gods. However, the lesson of that story, if you look at it carefully in context, is that God was simply testing Abraham's obedience. We must remember how God stopped him. Do not lay a hand on the boy. Genesis twenty-two, twelve. Yes, he was testing Abraham's obedience. No, he did not really want Abraham to sacrifice his son. You're thinking, well, wait a minute. God sacrificed his own son, Jesus. All right, if you've been following my radio show for any length of time, you've heard many, many programs and teachings taken right out of the New Testament that Jesus Christ was actually God incarnate. The title Son of God refers to the way of the incarnation born through the Virgin Mary. This was the second person of the Holy Trinity who made a choice himself. This is not God commanding his son to go to the cross. This is God himself saying, I will become a man and die for your sins. That's a discussion for another time. As I said, I have radio shows and podcasts about that. You can go to cgmradio.com slash Bob and find them. Meanwhile, there is another story in the Old Testament, and this one concerns people. It has to do with a man named Japeda. We read about him in Judges chapter 11. Japeda actually did sacrifice his daughter to God. He had given this oath and said, God, if you help me win this battle, the first thing I see when I come home, I'll give to you. He thought the first thing he saw was going to be livestock as he walked back to his estate. He thought he was going to sacrifice an animal. His daughter ran out to greet him. He grieved and he did sacrifice his daughter. Horrible story. But the horror was created by Japeda himself. Listen to me carefully. God never commanded Japeda to make this sacrifice. I'll say it again. God never commanded Japeda to make this sacrifice. It was his own idea, his own stupid idea, and there is no evidence that God had anything to do with it. Japeda was typical of people who frequently assume the worst about God and obey commands he didn't even issue. Likewise, in the early years of Christianity, many monks lived on a diet of grass and slept fully dressed with belts or cords out of a belief that they were pleasing God by denying themselves pleasure. Although noble in their motives, they were not actually obeying any command of the New Testament, and they may have pleased God just as well by having a fine meal and a good 
night's sleep. You see, we have the real commands of God and we have the legalistic things we impose upon ourselves as human beings. Returning now to the subject at hand, we have established God's reason for conquering the nations of Canaan, a concern for human rights. As the author of life and the supreme judge of the earth, God has every right to deal with evil wherever he sees it. Sending the Israelites to Canaan served as a dual purpose, the execution of God's justice and a new home for Israel. Well, here's another question that comes up at this point. Yeah, but Bob, if only God has a right to take a life, why would he use people as his collaborators? Good question, my friend. Good question. God sends forth his wrath in many different ways. Sometimes he does it himself, as in the destruction of Pharaoh's armies. Sometimes he uses angels, as in the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And yes, sometimes he uses people. The interpretation would have been the same in those days. You have to kind of get into the heads of the people that lived back then. Any such mode would have been viewed as coming from God. You see, it was believed that each nation had its own deities and that when nations went to war, the gods were in fact fighting behind the scenes. Wars of this sort are shocking to our 21st century sensibilities. But back then, nobody said, gee, those horrible Israelites conquering the land. Instead, they said, evidently the god of the Israelites is stronger than the gods of the Canaanites. Therefore, the land is theirs. This is a major difference of interpretation. Of course, those other gods didn't really exist, but people did believe they existed, and that's how they were interpreting. Let me now share an extremely important observation. It does not make sense that this same God who wants to deliver the babies, babies being sacrificed to false God, wants to deliver these babies, that this same God would then turn around and say to the Israelites, instruments of his justice, to rescue these babies, I want you to kill the entire populace, including all women and children, thus annihilating even more babies. Probably that is not what happened, right? In all likelihood, there is something we are not catching here, something which does not immediately meet the eye. We will discuss this on the next episode of The Bob Siegel Show. The Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob.